Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's Tony here, your career bestie. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Women in Tech. Or welcome if you've never heard this podcast before. I'm Tony. I am the person behind the podcast. I'm the person behind tonycollis.com, your place to go to uplevel your career. And I'm on a mission to help more of you thrive in tech because I believe that when more women get to the top, the world is a better place. Um, let's start with a bit of an update. You know I love to give you those. Um, beautiful weather here at the moment, like perfect for me. It's probably a bit cool for some of you. <laughs> it's been a bit cool over the last few days, which is very welcome as far as I'm concerned, even though I know much of the Northern Hemisphere is currently experiencing quite a heat wave. But here in Scotland, we are having a bit of better weather. I know a lot of my clients have clients all over the world, most of them in the US, and many of you are melting a little bit right now. <laughs> So if that's you, my heart goes out to you. I was melting a little bit a couple of weeks ago, although nothing like what other people are experiencing. Scotland, it doesn't get that hot, thankfully. But um, my hay fever has been acting up like a crazy thing, and um, I have asthma along with it. And the hay fever just, oh, the asthma is like horrendous right now. So it's not much fun. But, you know, I'm leaning into the time of year because I know that come the autumn, come the fall, if you're in North America, I'll be missing this beautiful weather. I mean, I love every time of year and um, we have just passed midsummer and I love midsummer because it's a time to really enjoy the vibrancy of the seasons I feel like it's a time when I come alive I felt like this when I was working in corporate as well it's like everything seems possible at this time of year I was in winter especially living in Scotland where it gets really dark really early <laughs> It's kind of like an opportunity to snuggle in and accept it and just do like cookies and chocolate for Christmas, right? <laughs> but with midsummer, especially here, midsummer, like for about three, four weeks at this time of year, it never gets truly dark. There's like this glimmer of light on the northern horizon. Um, it's not like living even further north, like in the north of Norway or something or northern Canada, but um, where I know it is properly light. <laughs> But it's just, it's dark, but it's not like truly, truly pitch black like it is in the winter with no moon. And I just, oh, I love it. It just lights me up and I'm just like, anything is possible. So I'm leaning into that right now. And I'm sharing this with you because I hope you're feeling that anything is possible. And actually, um, it's been interesting. I've had a number of people reach out to me for discovery calls about working together. Um, and I think it's this time of year, right? We are looking at up-leveling and what that means for us, right? Which, of course, for many means getting a coach because you want to work on your leadership. You want to work on your executive presence. You need to up-level in some way. So I just, oh, it's so full of opportunity. <laughs> um, and actually, it's having those discovery calls, which gave me the idea for this week's episode because I've had three conversations recently with a very similar theme. And it, it kind of, it brought home to me like the importance of what I do and also why so many people come to work with me and something I wish more of us heard. So which is why I'm putting in this into a podcast episode because I know I can't work with all of you. <laughs> Here's the thing, the similar theme that I had. Number one, these particular people that I was speaking to, they've all, they don't know each other. They're all, they've all come to me independently through different means, right? They've all interviewed multiple coaches. At least one has actually been looking for a coach for over a year, Okay. <laughs> Um, another started with another coach a few months back, but pulled the plug because it just wasn't a good fit. So that's the first commonality. The second one was the problem they were all facing. A combination of the wrong coaching philosophy, 
which is another topic for another day. And also having a coach telling them exactly how and what to be, which kind of goes hand in hand with the philosophy, of course, but that telling you what to be. And sadly, for for all three of these women, the thing that they were basically told, and it's what I want to dig into today, essentially without coming out necessarily and saying it, they were all being told to be more like their male peers. And my heart breaks whenever I hear that. Whatever way it comes out, some of these women are aware enough, they know exactly what's going on. They're like, holy heck, this just happened. At least one of them was told that by a female coach. You know, oh my goodness. I mean, I know like, just because you're a female doesn't make you necessarily aware of like all the implicit issues and barriers. But I would hope a coach would have the level of awareness to know that that's what they're saying. But, you know, (laughs) fair enough. Not everybody does. Um, But, you know, the most damaging thing is when you're told this and you don't even know that this is what you're being told to do. So today in this episode, I want to dive into who you are, who you are right now, who you are as a leader, and most importantly, your uniqueness. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. If you've listened to more than just one episode, of my podcast, you'll know I finish each and every episode with my signature phrase. Until next time, remember to stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. And I finish with that sentence for two reasons. One, because the world of tech, to benefit from you, your insights, your experiences, and the very fact that you are a woman requires you to show up for that tech leadership game, as I call it. But also, I want the world of tech to benefit from the uniqueness, that unique person that you are. Because it is your uniqueness that the world desperately needs. And every single one of us who shows up in our own unique way benefits the entire planet. (laughs) And if you've been around here long enough, you know I'm on a mission to change the world for the better, right? When I'm interviewed on other people's podcasts, which I do regularly, or even back in the day, pre-COVID, when I was doing keynote speeches, a lot of the time, I would often be asked about why women in tech are needed. Is it nice to have or is it necessary? And sadly, many people still believe that like women in tech, women in any underrepresented environment is all about, it's just the right thing to do. It is bloody well the right thing to do, (laughs) but that isn't all it is. And so I love to talk about the diversity dividend. This dividend, the financial reward, if you like, for having more diversity in leadership is the true reason why we need women at the table. The rest of it is nice and it's the right thing to do from the from the point of view of like, we should all have the right to participate in the workplace. But the business bottom line is that you cannot afford in the modern age to not have more diversity in your team, more diversity in your leadership team, more diversity on the board promoting women in tech, the diversity, 
Um, and beyond gender diversity, obviously I focus on gender diversity because I'm a woman, but actually all diversity is beneficial. That diversity dividend is the business reason for doing all this work. But let me just back up a little bit before I dive into why that diversity dividend shows up, which is what you need to be hearing as a woman in tech um, and why it is tied into your uniqueness, which is the whole point of this podcast. Let me actually just give you the data, which I often talk about on other people's podcasts, but I realized I didn't talk about on this podcast very much. So here's the deal. There are multiple studies out there, very like a huge number of studies out there. There are a couple that are fairly recent that I tend to pick on. First of all, one by McKinsey and company that shows that greater diversity on the senior executive team corresponds to high performance uplift in the companies that they looked at. For every 10% increase in gender diversity, and 10% when you're looking at a senior executive team might just be one person, right? (laughs) Earnings before interest in taxes rose by 3.5%. If you're a multi-billion dollar company, that is a big freaking deal. In fact, that would be a big deal for my business and I'm a small business, right? (laughs) It goes on. Like there are many other studies. Another one I would like to look at is one done by the University of Maryland and Columbia that looked at Standard & Poor's Composite 1500 list. And they looked at like overall US equity, right? So they examined the size and gender composition of firms at top management teams over the period of 15 years, and then looked at the financial performance of those firms. In their words, they found that on average, this is a quote, female representation in top management leads to an increase of $42 million in firm value. Holy heck. Like, (laughs) who wouldn't like an extra $42 million? Hello? (laughs) Hello? This is the thing. This is what the diversity dividend really is. So now that we know it's a thing, right? And you probably knew that before. Maybe that's why you listen to this podcast. Um, Although also I hope that you listen to this podcast because you're working on you and you come here to learn that stuff. But sometimes to deal with all the stuff that's thrown at us in our careers working in a male-dominated environment, it really helps us to remind ourselves that we know that we should be here for multiple reasons. And one of those many reasons is because we are actually bringing so much value to the table. That's what, remind yourself of that diversity dividend from time to time, okay? Let's talk about what it actually comes from. Because what I can guarantee you straight up is it does not come from you showing up like a white man, (laughs) okay? And it definitely doesn't show up with a bit of tokenism. Like having a woman or another underrepresented group on a team or in a boardroom, but not included. In fact... There's all these studies, I don't have the data to hang because I wasn't going to talk about this one, but I have to throw it in here. There's loads of studies about team IQ. Now, in general, team IQ always outperforms individual IQ, okay? Um, That means that the performance of a team should always outperform the maximal performance of an individual. It's one of the reasons why toxicity is so bad. I could go into that (laughs) on another episode. Never put up with that superstar toxic employee because it actually damages everything. Now, when people first started looking at diversity in teams and the impact on Team IQ in the 1980s, and I really wish I had the citations to hand, but I don't, (laughs) they actually found that having one woman, or uh, actually, I'm not sure, I think they only did look at gender, but one woman in a team of otherwise all men decreased Team IQ. And so for a long time, it was used as an excuse to not diversify. Now, they repeated those studies. And what they actually found is it was to do with inclusion. If you have one person who's different on the team, and they're not fully included, 
everybody's performance drops. If, however, there is full inclusion on the team, everybody's performance increases, okay? Because here's the thing. Here's why the diversity dividend is a reality. There's a fact that women make better managers, leaders, performance, and much more. They have to in modern society because there's not a level playing field. That's one component. The very fact you are rising, and my love, you are rising up. I know it might not feel like a steady upwards trajectory, but I'm pretty sure you're on an upwards trajectory. The very fact that you're rising, I can pretty much guarantee you are performing better than your male peers, because that is the reality of modern life. So that's one component, but it's not the only component. Um, And I think this is something that has a bit of a bad reputation, of course, because, you know, we bring that better qualification to the table, but it's unfair that we have to outperform our male peers to get there. Now, here's the deal. When people see, really see the talent that someone like you brings, they no longer put up with the mediocre men and actually the men up level too. So you have a big impact in multiple ways. So it's unfair, but you are changing things for the better. So lean into the positive there rather than getting angry about the negative because being angry only serves you up to the point. But there's another point to the diversity dividend. And what is that one? Well, quite simply, it's to do with who you are. It's your diversity of experience. It's your diversity of approach. It's the fact that you have a different lived experience from the standard white male man in tech who is a manager. That's it. (laughs) That's what the diversity dividend is really about. The that whole thing of you actually have to be better is is something I hope actually is going to be short-lived because what should actually happen is that playing field should level out. And I hope that's coming soon. I'm very optimistic it will, maybe too optimistic. <laughs> one has to remain optimistic, otherwise one goes crazy, I think, sometimes. But your quality of your leadership is one part of it. The other part is your lived experience. And that, that is what you really, really bring to the table. Okay. Um, And when you diversify a team, you are more likely to recognize great talent as well. Because instead of being subject to the unconscious bias that's reinforced every time you look at those around you and they're all the same, they're all behaving the same way. Which is why even us as women, we are likely to be biased against men. We're more likely to appoint men to positions. Yes, ladies, really. (laughs) You are just as likely to be biased against your fellow women in tech as men are. (laughs) The difference is that a lot of the time we're much more aware of it because we're experiencing it too and therefore more likely to do something about it. But bias isn't all of us. And in fact, it's actually a survival trait. It's necessary because it enables us to make swift decisions. The trouble is when we don't recognize it's there and therefore don't do anything about it or we know it's there and can't be bothered to do anything about it, which I'm seeing happening, sadly. People are like, yes, unconscious bias is a thing and they use it as an excuse for their behavior. And I'm like, no, no. I'm sorry, but like your unconscious bias doesn't go anywhere and you can do something about it. So just be aware that you're just as biased as your male peers, most likely, okay? But all that said and done, what we want to do is get more women to senior leadership to improve the business bottom line. But you may be thinking, now I've just been talking about this for like 10, 15 minutes. What does that mean to me? Yeah, it's a great thing to do, Tony, but like I'm here to learn about my leadership. So Unless you are actually the person hiring talent right now, you may be thinking, what's the point of this episode? The point is, I want to talk about you and your uniqueness. 
your unique set of experiences, your unique set of values and approaches, that is precisely what makes you so valuable. And it's why I get so super annoyed when I have those women who have come and talked to me, who have been coached, mentored, told to be more like their male peers. My heart breaks for them. And I'm like, really, are we still in this place? So if you love getting into the weeds with your team, I want you to find a way to make that work. Don't be told that you can't do that anymore. Of course, there's a balance to be struck, but I want you to find a role and a balance that works for you. (laughs) If you thrive on solving problems for your team, I want you to find a role that you can focus on helping them to do that. Again, with balance. So you help show your team how they can grow. You don't want to be doing everything for them. But I don't want you to stop solving problems if that's the thing that lights you up, if that's where you thrive. If you abhor executives that allow teams to fail because it isn't, quotes, my responsibility, I want you to live by that value in the work you do. I recently had somebody come to me who said, I know I'm supposed to be more like other people who are okay with letting their teams fail. And I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) No, for starters. (laughs) But don't be the person that lets your team fail if that's not who you are. Find a way to build that into your operating procedure. And that last one really did astonish me because it's actually never a good idea to allow a business unit, a team, anything, a program to fail. And yet I've heard many coaches telling people that allowing teams to fail is part of being an executive. Straight up, it's not. It's lazy management. You may choose to shut down a line of work even though it upsets the team and that is being an executive. But just allowing things to fail, uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. (laughs) That is actually you failing. Because if you know something is going to fail, it's much better to pull the plug and reallocate resources, even if that means sadly letting people go. Failing sucks for everyone involved and is a waste of valuable talent, resources, personal resilience, team resilience. And the I can only assume that the coach that was saying this was saying you have to be prepared to let people fail from the point of view of allowing people to learn. But there's a difference between allowing projects, programs, business units to fail compared to allowing people to fail so that they learn along the way. There is a, there's a real difference and there's subtle differences. It's about knowing when to step in and when to allow them to learn a lesson, but you should never be letting a whole business unit fail. Absolutely not. I view that as either somebody who doesn't understand what it means to be a leader or somebody who doesn't have a coach, possibly both. (laughs) Oh gosh, you're getting all the opinions today. (laughs) So if you were hearing that somehow you should be different and it falls against your value system, I want you to hear this. Your values, your morals, your ethics, your approach, that is the value you bring to the table. That is why you are part of that diversity dividend. Do not stop bringing that to the table ever. (laughs) And if you find someone, be it a colleague, a boss, a friend, or a coach telling you otherwise, that person isn't someone you want in your professional development circle. But where does it make sense to develop and evolve and challenge your current approach? Where should you be updating your operating procedures? After all, If you were perfect, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. And side note, no one's perfect. (laughs) No one's done on this journey. The stuff you need to be working on includes things such as your executive presence, 
which, by the way, is not allowing people to fail. <laughs> I'm going to keep repeating that one. It's ensuring you get heard in the right way for the right reasons. Rather than getting shut down, it's about your communication and difficult conversations, having those tricky, uncomfortable conversations, improving your decision-making, improving your timely decision-making, working on your personal resilience so you can move from meeting to meeting without taking the fallout from one to the other. It's about your strategic thinking. It's about your processes and much, much more. I could go on for ages. The list is basically endless. But it's why a great coach will take a holistic approach to where you are right now. Look at the area of great weakness that's having the biggest negative impact as that's where the biggest gains can be made. And as you progress, that area of greatest weakness will shift to somewhere else because you'll develop in one area. That's great, right? Here comes the tricky bit. And the area where I see most people getting this wrong, a lot of these things from improving your executive presence to developing strategic thinking can easily become being more like showing up as a traditional manager. And that's where we hear people telling us to show up in a way that feels wrong, unethical, unaligned, anything else that isn't who you are. This is a difference between uncomfortable because you're taking actions that are out of your comfort zone, but aligned with your value system or passions, and that uncomfortableness that comes from taking action that's just not you. (laughs) That's where our uniqueness and authenticity has to come in. The number one challenge I see new leaders facing is figuring out when they are out of their comfort zone because of development and growth on the correct trajectory for them. And when are they out of their comfort zone because they are being challenged to do something that is not aligned with who they are? There's a difference in how that discomfort feels, how it shows up. And you need to figure that out ASAP. You need to be like, no, no, not doing that one. That's really uncomfortable. I'm procrastinating. I don't want to do it. It feels horrible, but it is aligned with who I am. It's just hard. (laughs) Okay. Doing hard things is a good thing, but doing wrong things is a bad thing. The The downside is it's sometimes hard if you're not experienced in understanding this about yourself to know the difference in how those two things feel. And so we do one of two things. We either stay stuck where we are, we don't progress, or we end up taking actions that we're like, oh, I really wish I hadn't done that because I've just crossed a line that I didn't even know was there. You should be uncomfortable regularly. <laughs> Being uncomfortable is is one of the most important things I say you need to be you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where greatness lies but it needs to be uncomfortable in that era of unique authentic value-based personal development that's what we're after it is not turning into someone who you are not if you're looking to have that conversation with someone and you haven't found the right person by the way (laughs) But don't forget that in addition to my one-to-one six-month coaching program, which is really focused on executive development, I also offer a limited number of one-off Shift to Thrive intensive coaching sessions, which is a great place for you to be figuring out what it means to move into that authentic, ethic and value-driven authenticity. We can dive into that. We can understand where your value system is, where you're uncomfortable because of professional development that's in line with you, and where you're uncomfortable because it's not aligned. (laughs) If that sounds good to you, do head over to tonycollis.com forward slash shift to read all about how I work with someone in a one-off intensive. And if it sounds good, head to the bottom of that page and book a free no obligation discovery call where we'll get to know each other a little bit, discuss the kind of support you're after, 
and we'll really figure out whether or not we're a good fit for each other. This is like a good fun chat. There's no pressure to book or to invest. It is really about figuring out if this is a good fit for you. So do head over there if you're interested in just diving into this one topic or any other topic. Like There's a whole reason for having like that one-off intensive is sometimes I know that people just they don't want to commit to a whole six months, but diving into one topic would be really powerful for them. But let's wrap up today's discussion on this authentic, value-driven, uniqueness-based leadership with a leadership mindset moment. <laughs> you must know by now, you're not going to get away without one showing up at the end of the episode, right? <laughs> so today's leadership mindset moment is all about helping you figure out where you need to grow and where you need to double down on your value system. One simple approach I like to take is to get you to write down all the things you're frustrated by, such as not having your ideas taken up, spending more time than your peers are doing, justifying your design decisions, resource allocations, budgets, whatever it is, any decision. (laughs) Having all your messages critiqued, if that one happens to you. Maybe you're frustrated at not being considered for a new position that's being opened up and you believe you're perfect for it, and yet no one bothered to tell you until they wanted you to speak to their preferred candidate. Yeah, that happens more often than it should. Or maybe your meetings regularly get derailed and you don't know why. Or you never get the outcomes you intended from your team. Whatever it is, I want you to write down those frustrations. Those things you're like, why does that happen? It shouldn't be happening. It's holding me up. I'd love for you to write it all down. Get it all out. Then... I'd love for you to write down what would it take to be viewed differently in this situation, to get a different outcome, to have something occur differently. You can include here things that are being suggested to you. In fact, I would suggest that even if it doesn't feel right, because the whole point here is I want you to understand how these two things feel. So anything that's been suggested to you, anything that's popped up in your mind, anything you've read and heard on this podcast and other podcasts, brain dump it all out, Okay. Now, of course, sometimes we don't know, which is where the mentoring and coaching comes in. But for the purposes of this exercise, it's about more assessing what you currently do know than figuring out what you don't know. Like if you then want to work on the areas that you don't know how to work on, by all means, go get yourself a mentor, a coach, take this list of them, chew it over with them. But before you do that, I want you to understand your red lines. That's the whole point, because apparently there are coaches out there who don't understand these things. (laughs) This breaks my heart. Anyway. Once you have that list written out, so at this point you've got two things side by side. You've got the list of things that are frustrating you and you've got potential solutions, even if they feel wrong. I now want you to go through this and think about each suggested action, change, area of development and ask yourself, is this uncomfortable? If it's not uncomfortable, why are you not doing it already? <laughs> but how is this uncomfortable to me? Is it because it's new? You lack confidence in this approach? Uh, maybe there's you think there's a low probability of a good outcome. Is it because you're concerned about upsetting people or the fallout of upsetting people? Sometimes we are worried about upsetting people, but it's actually we're worried about how they're going to react afterwards. Is it because you're concerned about how you're going to be viewed by those around you if you do something in this area? Or is it because it's unaligned with your values and you'd be compromising something about you to make that change? Go through each one and try and figure that out. A lot of the time we might have the instinct that we're compromising values, but when we dig into it, there's a mixture of people pleasing, a lack of confidence, a lack of experience to play. So always double check what is really going on. What is it that is out of your comfort zone that's making you feel uncomfortable taking these actions? 
Now that you're equipped with this list, I hope you will see the difference in how taking on challenges, tackling hard things and growing is different from crossing your red lines. Because I want you to show up as the splendid, unique leader that you are. And as a benefit, bring that diversity dividend to the table. But you've got to see the difference. The difference between being uncomfortable in growing and uncomfortable in crossing a red line. And that's it. That's it for today's episode. It's nice and simple, but sometimes that's the first step on a road to true excellence and change. Now, if you love this episode and it's resonated with you, please do share this one. (laughs) This particular topic, as you can tell, is again very dear to my heart because I know so many of us struggle with being ourselves, but also wanting to thrive on the way up the career ladder. So if this helped you in some way, I'd love it if you could share this episode with one or two other women who you think also need to hear this, who need to double down on their uniques and feel good about being unique and also feel good about knowing where their value system is and learning how to get uncomfortable in an authentic way. And of course, it would make my day, possibly even my week, if you were able to leave a rating and review of the Leading Women in Tech podcast over on iTunes. This means we reach more people and help change the world one listener at a time. Until next time, as always, remember to stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Women in Tech podcast.